Hello, and welcome to the Murder House Radio Show. I'm your host, X. On this show, we will be covering serial killers, killers, mass shooters, disappearances, true crime, and the most deplorable things and people in history. All that good dark stuff. The Murder House Radio Show will be a radio show slash podcast. I'll be uploading videos every Friday at 4 p.m. Mountain Standard Time. Make sure you hit the like and subscribe button. Once you hit the subscribe button, hit the bell notification and select all to get all notifications. If you are viewing on YouTube. And hit follow if you are listening on a podcasting platform. So sit down, get comfortable, grab some coffee or whatever your preferred beverage is. Turn off the lights and enjoy the show. Today's video is going to be on Israel Akis. So, uh, yeah. Uh, I saw on a bunch of uh, groups I'm in a lot of posts about this dude asking about him. And he got a bunch of recommendations or whatever when I did the poll. So, here it is. I hope you guys enjoy. There's a, this is definitely an interesting case. Definitely interesting. Also, if you uh, saw those coded messages, uh, have fun trying to decipher those. <laughs> but uh, yeah, anyway, I want to ask how your uh, Friday's going. Let me know down in the comments. But uh, yeah, I hope it's going good. Hope you guys are having a good month. And uh, yeah, all that good stuff. You should be hearing this sometime in May. January, February, March, April. Yeah, sometime in May. <laughs> For sure. But uh, yeah, let's dive right into this. Israel Keese was born January 7th, 1978 and died December 2nd, 2012. He was an American serial killer, rapist, necrophile, arsonist, burglar, and bank robber. That's quite the uh, resume. Key submitted to violent crimes as early as the nineteen as early as nineteen ninety six with the violent sexual assault of teenage girl in with the sexual assault of a teenage girl in Oregon in a spree that lasted until his capture in 2012 so he just kind of uh started then that's when his whole spree started keese killed himself while he was in jail awaiting trial for the murder of samantha cohing yeah that murder's wild there's a uh, video footage of the abduction i'll uh, put that in the description below but uh yeah also there's a fucking wild picture of that he um tried to ransom her and he ended up stitching her eyes open with fishing thread. And uh, yeah, he took a picture of her dead body and uh, sent it to the family as proof she was alive, but she was really dead. But uh, we'll get into that later here. But uh, yeah, his uh, early life, Israel Keese was born in Coven, Utah. Cove, Utah. C-O-V-E, Utah. On the date I said earlier. 
to a large Mormon family who decovered from the faith, deconverted from the faith. All words when got out of that. Yeah, I'm not a religious person, but a lot of those religions can turn into cult-like things real fast. But uh, yeah, no offense if you guys are religious, but uh, it's just the truth. When he was between the ages of three and five and turned instead of radical f- and, t- what? and turned instead to a radical form of fundamentalist Christianity, okay, that he later described as militate like and Amish. Militia. Oh, militia-like and Amish. That's interesting. (laughs) So, like, they had a bunch of guns and they trained, but they were Amish. (laughs) Nice. (laughs) He was the second of ten children born, holy, to Heidi Keyes and John Jeffrey Keyes. Israel and his siblings were homeschooled. Yeah, they are. They usually are when they're hardcore religious people like that. At the same time, they uh, decovered from the Mormonism. Mormonism, Key's family moved to an area near Colville, Washington. Lots of serial killers operate around Washington, eh? Um, where they lived in a one-room cabin without electricity or running water. Some straight Unabomber shit. (laughs) In Colville, the family... Colville, Colville. The family attended services at two churches which practiced white keo. What? Oh, that practiced white supremacy. White supremacist Christian identity. <laughs> um, well, there's that. There's that. Um, and they befriended the neighboring family of white supremacists and convicted murderer Cheve Kehoe. Cheve Kehoe. So the uh, neighbor was a white supremacist and a murderer. Interesting. Keyes renounced the Christian faith by his teenage years and eventually became interested in Satanism. Yeah, Satanism is actually an interesting religion, the one by Anton LaVey. It's not what people uh, make it out to be. The ones who bash it, anyway. If you look into it, it's actually uh, pretty interesting. Pretty interesting stuff. But, uh, Keyes is known to have lived in the Maquay Reservation community of Na Bay on the Olympic Peninsula. Okay. Interesting. That's really it for his early life. He was in the military. He served in the U.S. Army from 1998 to 2001 at Fort Lewis, Fort Hood, and in Egypt. And while he was at Fort Lewis, he served on a mortar team in the 1st Battalion, 5th Infantry, 25th Infantry Division. And, um, okay, so that's where he all served. In all right, nice. Former army friend of Keys have noted his quiet demeanor and habit of keeping to himself. Well, I mean, that's normal right there to an extent. 
On weekends, he was reported to drink heavily, consuming entire bottles of his favorite drink, wild turkey bourbon. They're drinking, man. Keys was also a fan of the hip-hop duo Insane Clown Posse. Yeah, they have a couple good songs. I used to listen to them a little bit. Night of the Living Chainsaw is a good one. Hocus Pocus, Hocus Pocus is a good one. But I'm more of a Necro fan. Necro is uh, pretty dope, in my opinion. Um, and he displayed posters of the musical, the musical act in the barracks. All right. In 2007, Keys started a construction business in Alaska. Keys Construction, all right? Working as a handyman, contractor, and construction worker. Word. All good. So there's a little recap of his uh, military and early life. So let's get into his murders and his victims. So Keys had four confirmed murders and... Likely seven plus more. So four confirmed. Seven, eight, nine, ten, eleven. So it's likely he had eleven crimes in total. Well, eleven murders in total. So, uh, yeah, there's that. Not too infamous, but you'll uh, understand why he uh, sticks out a little bit here. Keys actually admitted to killing four people so that's how he got the four confirmed kills and they obviously found the bodies or whatnot at the time of his arrest he did not have a felony criminal record in washington but he had been cited in thurston county for driving without a valid license and in an earlier uh, incident pled guilty to driving under the influence of a dui and authorities were reviewing unsolved murders and missing persons cases to determine which, if any, may be linked to Keys. So he's a pretty uh, straight flying arrow for the most part before he got caught. But uh, yeah, Keys confessed to at least one murder in New York State and authorities have not determined the identity, age, or gender of the victim. Oof, mystery. Or when and where the murder had occurred. But regards to the confession is credible. So they're like, yeah, he probably did it. And uh, Keys has ties to New York. He owns 10 acres, 4 hectares of land, and a, dilap and a dilapidated cabin in the town of Constable. Okay, okay. That's kind of what I want to live in when I'm... Uh... When I get to uh, move on, I guess you could see. He also confessed to committing bank robberies in New York and Texas. Nice. The FBI later confirmed that Keyes robbed the community bank branch in Tuper Lake, New York in April 2009. So his crimes were uh, pretty recent here, actually. He also told authorities that he burglarized a Texas home and set it on fire. Word. Keys claimed to have killed a woman in April 20, 2009 in New Jersey and buried her near Tupa Lake, New York. He also admitted to killing Bill and Lorraine Curry, Courier of Essex, Essex, Vermont. Keys broke into the Curry's, Courier's home, C-U-R-R-I-E-R-S, 
on the night of June 8th, 2011. He tied them up before driving them to an abandoned farmhouse where he shot Bill before sexually assaulting and strangling Lauren. L-O-R-R-A-I-N-E. Their bodies were never found. Two years prior to Cruz's death, Keith had hit a murder kit. That's why he's so interesting. My guy had murder kits in pretty much all the states. Multiple in each state, I'm pretty sure. But he had multiple. And which he later used to kill them near their home. So he hid it near their home and uh, he used it to kill them. After the murders, he moved most of the contents to a new hiding place in Parrishville, New York, where they remained until his arrest, until after his arrest, because he did lead the police to some of these kits. Uh, Keyes' last known victim was 18-year-old Samantha Koning. Yes, this was the murder I was talking about, the one with the newspaper and stuff. A coffee booth employee in Anchorage, Alaska. Keys kidnapped her from work on February 1st, 2012. Took her debit card and other property. Sexually assaulted her. Then killed her the following day. He left her body in a shed and went to New Orleans. Where he departed on a pre-booked two-week cruise with his family in the Gulf of Mexico. I did not know that. When he returned to Alaska, he removed Cohen's body from the shed, applied makeup to the corpse's face, sewed her eyes open with fishing line, and snapped a picture of a four-day-old issue of the Anchorage Daily News alongside her body posed to appear as if she was alive and awake. After demanding $30,000 in ransom, yes, he then dismembered her body and disposed of it in Manas- Matanuska Lake, north of Anchorage. Yes, that was brutal. That picture is scary and haunting. I could put a link down or literally just search up the Samantha Koning ransom picture. But, uh, yeah. The FBI report stated that Keyes burglarized 20 to 30 homes across America and robbed several banks between 2001 and 2012. He may be linked to as many as 11 deaths, yes, as I said earlier, in the United States and potentially even more victims outside the country. Yeah, he's a mysterious serial killer. I guarantee he probably never would have got caught. If he didn't kill Samantha Koning. So yeah, it doesn't say what was in Keyes' kill kit. But here's his M.O. Modest operandi. So he planned his murders long ahead of time. And took extraordinary action to avoid detection. So he planned everything meticulously. So he was a very planned and cunning killer. Unlike most of the serial killers, he did not have a victim profile, so he just killed whoever he wanted, mostly women though, saying he chose a victim randomly. So he just walked down the street like, I think I'll choose this person. Or is that a coffee shop? I like that barista. Or that barista didn't say good morning. I'm a killer kind of deal. I don't know. But um... He usually killed far from home 
And he lived in... Just a second. He lived in Nia Bay. N-E-A-H Bay. And he never killed in the same area twice. So all of this is very smart so far. Because it is statistically proven the murders who aren't solved are usually random. Or they never find a body. But uh, yes, all these steps he took ensured he would most likely never be caught. On his murder trips, he kept a mobile phone that was turned off and paid for items with cash, which is also smart because cash is untraceable. That's why I think they want to stop using cash so they can uh, track you easier. Because think about it, every time you use a debit card, credit card, or whatever it may be, it's always tracked, and it's always to your name, unless you buy prepaid ones, prepaid visas and stuff, where you can put like 50, 500 bucks on it, and you're set, and then you can uh, buy another one or load up more, but other than that, they can track you. Um, he had... N- He had no connection to any of his victims. Like I said, they were random. For the Curry murders, Keyes flew to Chicago where he rented a car to drive 100 miles, which is 1,600 kilometers to Vermont. So very meticulous. My guy really wanted to do some killing. He then used the kill kit he had hidden two years earlier to perform the murders. So he's planning this for like two years then, holy. Keyes did admire Ted Bundy and shared many similarities with him. Both were methodical and felt a possession over their victims, okay? However, there are notable differences. Bundy's murders were spread throughout the country, mainly because he lived in many different areas and not as an international effort to avoid detection Like with Keys. Yes, that's very true. Bundy targeted only attractive young women, while Keys, unlike most serial killers, had no particular type of victim. Yes, we just liked uh, killing. He just liked killing. So, uh, here's, let's get into his investigation and his arrest. So, after the Koning murders, the one where he had the ransom, Keys demanded the ransom and police were able to track withdrawals from the account as he moved throughout the Seth, Seth, Southwest United States of America. So, uh, yes, because he used her uh, card or whatever. During that time, in a controversial move, the police refused to release surveillance video of the Koning's abduction. Yes. Keyes was arrested by Texas Highway Patrol, Corporal Brian Heiners, and Texas Ranger Stephen Rayburn in the parking lot of the Cotton Patch Cafe. Okay, then. In Lufkin, Lufkin, Texas. Interesting. On the morning of March 13th, 2012... After he had again used the Koning debit card, which had been traced through New Mexico and Arizona, Keyes was subsequently extradited to Alaska, where he confessed to the murder. He was represented by Alaska Federal Defender, Rich 
Kurtner. Kurtner. Keys was in indict indicted in the case indicated in the case. Okay, and his trial was scheduled to begin in March twenty thirteen. Yes, as you may know, my reading is shit sometimes. <laughs> <laughs> and my pronunciations are shit, so, uh, thank you for bearing with me, and thank you for enjoying these things. It's not over yet. Daddy, chill. <laughs> that, that video, that meme's funny. But, um, his death, yes, while being held in the Anchorage Correctional Complex of Suspicion... On suspicion of murder, Keyes died by suicide yes, via self-inflicted wrist cuts and strangulation. So he hung himself and slit his wrists, most likely. A suicide note found under his body consisted of an ODE to murder, but offered no clues about other possible victims. <laughs> oh, excuse me. In 2020, the FBI released the drawings of 11 skulls and one pentagram which had been drawn in blood and found underneath Key's jail cell bed after his death. Interesting. The FBI believes this correlates with what he are believed to be the total number of victims. Very interesting. Very, very interesting. In the interview, which I'll also uh, pin in the description... It also uh, looks like and seems like he's toying with the police here. Like he's giving them just enough to keep them interested, but not enough to give the get them anywhere and keep them coming back to him. So they're all in his control. That's what it seems like. Yes, since Keys was military and especially infantry. He uh, was able to resist uh, questioning or whatever. And in the military, there's something called SEER school, which is survival, evasion, resistance, and escape training. Where uh, they teach you to do exactly that. Survive in the wild, evade, capture, and resist interrogation and escape if possible. So, uh, yeah, there's no surprise there. But, um... In the infantry, I'm not sure if they uh, make you go through that course or not, but they do it very basically because in any combat arms that gets deployed, there's always a small chance you could get captured by the enemy. So they have to teach you it on some basic level, but on uh, special forces and definitely pilots, they make you go through that course. And it'd be particularly easy for him to keep quiet because they're not torturing him or anything. They're just questioning him and stuff. So, you know. And he wasn't going to talk if he uh, didn't want to. So there's that as well. I also think that his military training helped with his uh, attention to detail. Because in the military, as you might know... Everything is attention to detail, especially basic training. That's all basic training really is, is just grinding into your head, attention to detail, and doing stuff right. So I think that has a big part on why he was so organized and did all his research and stuff. And why he was able to uh, do it so well and uh, all that stuff. I think he could have put his... Uh, 
talents for killing and all that stuff to good work as a hitman if uh that's the route he wanted to pursue because uh think about it think about a hitman and then think about uh keys all this stuff right there they both have a lot of similarities in common if you think about it and he'd be getting paid to do what he likes to do so you know also, when Keys killed the couple, the couriers, he um staked out their neighborhood as his, as he usually did. But it was like a well-off, quiet neighborhood, so everything was uh quiet and their defenses were low because they're like nothing's gonna happen here type of deal. And he like cut the power and cut their phones off or whatever. And, uh, yeah, he, uh, did their thi- he kidnapped them and did their thing, his thing or whatever. So he basically set a trap up and used their, uh, quiet, cushy life to his advantage, I guess you could say. But, uh, yeah, there's, uh, not too much on his early life and all that other stuff. Because, as I, uh, said earlier and stuff, he didn't give all that much away in the, uh, interrogations. So we don't know all that much about him and all that stuff. Oh, excuse me. So, uh, yeah, there's that. So, um, if you know anything more, let me know. I hate to give you guys these uh, shorter podcasts. Because I know podcasts are supposed to be longer and stuff. But, uh, yeah, on this particular case, there's just not that much about the guy. So, yeah, also... If you guys saw the coded messages, try to decipher those. And whoever deciphers all parts and gets all parts to me with the answers and stuff, we'll win a prize. We'll figure it out when it happens. But uh, watch all the videos all the way through and look at the descriptions and the comments and all that stuff because who knows where the next clue might be i might tell you where it might be i might not but if you uh find it you know do your thing because part one and two are already up part three will be somewhere but uh yeah keep your eyes open for those so that is israel keese thank you for listening to this episode on the murder house radio show I hope you have a good rest of your Friday or whenever you are listening to this. Check out the social medias and the sources in the description below. Make sure you hit the like and subscribe button. Once you hit the subscribe button, hit the bell notification and select all notifications if you are viewing on YouTube. If you are listening on a podcasting platform, hit follow. See you next episode. This is your host X signing off.